0: You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast.
1: This is Radio Mayapur. Hello, Hare Krishna, everyone. This is Gangadas, your host. And today we are very, very fortunate to be here in Mayapur one more day, really hot, 42. Humidity 90%, we're sweating like anything, but we will survive one more day in Mayapur, we love Mayapur. We are very fortunate to have with us Arilila Prabhu, who is from South India, born in Kumbakona in 1970, mechanic engineer, married one son, one wife, very happily here serving for the last so many years. And today we're gonna ask some nice questions because he's a divisional head for many things in Mayapur, one of the managers, construction, He's doing medical, he's a part of the master plan which will unfold.
0: So welcome Ariulilo Prabhu. Thank you. Thank you, Ganga Prabhu, for having me here. It's really a pleasure to be on this radio. I hope that um, the listeners will get something by hearing to this conversation. Looking forward, please. Thank you so much. I'd like to
1: jump immediately into this very, very important aspect of Mayapur because many people ask, okay, what happened if you get sick in Mayapur? Last week, actually, the Italian consulate phoned me and he asked me this question. Eh, what happened to you guys when you're having some problem, health? I said, eh, no problem. We have our own hospital. We have professional doctor. We are building a new one. Please tell us uh, about the healthcare and the new hospital coming up here in Mayapur.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, when Prabhupada signed off letters to his disciples, uh, guess what he would say? Hope this will find you in good health, your ever well wisher. AC A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. Uh, so, Prabhupada gave a lot of importance to health of devotees because Absolutely. healthy devotees means devotees who are serving very enthusiastically, devotees who are serving with uh, full heart and full energy for Krishna. Therefore, devotees' health is really important. And... Uh, The Mayapur management uh, has been thinking a lot about this. Devotees are not getting any younger. They're getting older. So they need some treatment and uh, medical facility. So Mayapur has always had some medical facility. Always. Very, very basic thing was started by Shri Mayapur Vika Sangha many years ago. There was a small uh, clinic kind of thing, mostly homeopathy. And they had a big bus And in those bus, they would take uh, Mm -hmm. homeopathy doctors, medicines. And they'd go village to village. They'd ride the bus. We still have the bus. It's parked in our hospital. We're going to use it for our camps. I'll talk about the camps a little later. Sure. So, then... uh, We had
1: in Swarupganj also something, you remember? Yes,
0: we had in Swarupganj. There was in Arogyashram. The the place was called Arogyashram. And uh, there used to be dentists. There used to be some um, eye doctors who used to come there, sit there, check vision pull out the teeth and, you know, still we have uh, those uh, old equipment lying there. So there was always some sort of basic medical care available in Mayapur. Nice. And um, somewhere around 2012, historically, Bhaktivedanta Hospital, they came to Mayapur. Bhaktivedanta Hospital, Mumbai, they came to Mayapur on the invitation of His Holiness Pataka Swami to Holiness Radhanath Swami. And Madhavan and Prabhu, who is the head of in the hospital. right? And they started what we would call as a daycare facility, uh, allopathic daycare facility, what we would call as a clinic. And then they ran the clinic for um, about uh, three years. And that's the time I actually came to Mayapur. I came to Mayapur in 2012. Um, August 2012 is when I came to Mayapur. I was studying for a an year and then I joined Mayapur management in 2013. In 2014, I was a deputy director and uh, I was asked to take care of uh, the liaisoning with Bhaktivedanta Hospital. That's how my association with healthcare in Mayapur started, just to help Bhaktivedanta Hospital. But uh, somewhere in the middle of 2014, in the Hospital decided that it is too far there in the other end of India. <laughs> Calcutta is in this end of India. No. You know, it's just too far. To you mean from Bombay all uh, the way to Calcutta. Literally the other end of India. Yeah, 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 so yeah. they decided it's too far. It's too much for them to manage. So then um, they wanted to give it back to us. So we took it back. And then we have been uh, trying to develop the hospital one way or other. From 2015 onwards, various proposals came, but none of them were so much successful. But then uh, in 2020, uh, something came which we never wanted, which is uh, COVID. Yes, None yes. of us wanted it, but uh, <laughs> it came. <laughs> it ended up coming. Yes. And when COVID came, then there was so much awareness about the importance health. of uh, health care all over the world. Mm-hmm. Because locally available health care became so important, so important because beds are overflowing, big hospitals were overloaded, ICUs were full, people were not getting treatment. Luckily for us, we had good doctors. Some really good doctors joined us just before 2019. Dr. Samik was there. Then uh, in 2020, February, Dr. Sukhya Chutta joined us. Nice. And we had some good nurses joining us. And it was just like Krishna was preparing us for uh, the pandemic. And then the pandemic comes and hits us. And uh, we were free from covid I think, uh, almost up to July, August. And then August 2020, then COVID came and told Mayapur, hi, I'm there. Hmm. And then, guess what? All the brahmacharis were sick.
1: sick. How many uh, devotees we lost before due to COVID? More or less uh, in numbers.
0: Uh, in, in, in first wave, we hardly lost anybody. Uh, in first wave, we would have lost about two devotees. And uh, that was because both of them... Came to us almost just before they were going to die. You know, it's like they came the last moment. You couldn't do anything. There was there was no room to monitor. There was no room to do anything. So that was the way one. But wave one mostly hit all the brahmacharis, so we converted the brahmacharya ashram into hospital, we isolated them, and then we treated them in Brahmacharya ashram. And those who got COVID first, they became the nurses for those who got COVID later, because when you get COVID and we get cured, then you are immune from the disease. Right. So you have the immunity, you have the antibodies on your blood, so you are able to go there and you are able to serve the COVID patients without... Uh, getting so much uh, reinfection. The brahmacharis generally, they're healthy, so they were able to go back, they were able to do nursing duties, they served those devotees who got later. So this way, somehow or other, we came out of uh, the first wave and then we were well, very happy. India opened up again partially and then the crowds were back and then we were thinking, okay, COVID is gone, crowds are back and then boom, second the second wave. But the second wave was really bad. It's really bad because uh, we were so overconfident after, f- after doing the first wave. We were thinking that we have the formula. We have how to handle COVID. We know the disease. We know what kind of animal it is. I mean, what kind of virus it is. And then, <laughs> you know, we thought that we can take it. But then the second wave was a completely different strain. It hit us very badly. And in quick succession, I think in three days, we lost four devotees. And that came like a big shock for the medical team. And then we scrambled back and then we said, let's go to the drawing board. Let's see what is this. Let's see why we are moving devotees. And then we found that um, this train, this train requires huge amount of oxygen, huge amount of oxygen. And therefore, uh, comes into picture the temple of Vedic planetarium. Right. Which connection? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what is the connection. Because the whole of whole of India was actually scrambling for oxygen. Nobody was having yeah, yeah, oxygen. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole of India was scrambling for oxygen. And the Temple of Vedic Planetarium, for their welding work, they had a That's huge oxygen. contract with an oxygen supplier. Right. Which mandated them to supply A good amount of oxygen cylinders and then the entire supply of the temple of Vedic planetarium oxygen was simply diverted towards Mayapur we had enough and more oxygen with us we had lined up huge number of oxygen cylinders outside wamshiba and i still have this <laughs> photograph i think somewhere in my phone like so many big big cylinders i think 25 or 30 of them lined up on the on the entrance of wamshibawan every day we would haul oxygen cylinders go to kolkata bring new oxygen cylinder take it bring take it bring and uh, the most prominent uh, loss of life was of course the whole community came to pay homage to Pankajangri Prabhu. And Pankajangri Prabhu was the biggest loss uh, we had in the second wave, Uh, the heart-wrenching loss of Pankajangri Prabhu. I still remember that day he was coming and uh, we were actually trying to bring him from Calcutta because he was so serious. Um, But but before that, I I would like like to say something because uh, I think it's very important that why the why the hospital came what is what is the what is the background of the hospital something is there i would like to share with sure. the, the listeners and to you see when pankshangri Prabhu became very sick and when we knew that he was having covid initially we, was try, we were trying we trying to treat him like we were trying trying to treat everybody here so we we're trying to treat him then later we found that uh, his oxygen demand is increasing. We are unable to take it. He needs uh, some machinery. He needs some gadgets, which we don't have. So we decided to take him to Kolkata. And then uh, before we took him to Kolkata, he was very, very clear. Don't put any tubes into me. Yes. No iron lungs. Yes. Yes. He even gave it in writing and that was ratified by Janiniwaz Prabhu. He also wrote saying that uh, no artificial breathing. If, If I have to leave my body, just bring me back to Mayapur. Right. So then we arranged to take him to Kolkata. He was put in the ambulance and then he was going. It took about five and a half hours for him to reach from Mayapur to Kolkata. And as he was going in the ambulance... Uh, He was being uh, accompanied by Dr. Sukhya our doctor who was a COVID expert. He was accompanying uh, Pangjangri Prabhu. And he asked him that, um, why are we not having a good hospital in Mayapur? Why do we have to go all the way from Mayapur to Kolkata? It's better to sit in the Brahmacharya Ashram and leave your body than to travel from Mayapur to Kolkata on this wretched road. That was his statement. That was uh, his statement. And that was his desire that devotees uh, should have some facility in Mayapur. Absolutely. So, he went there and then uh, he was treated and so much, uh, there was was such a pendulum thing that, you know, some days he was good, some days he was not so good. And finally, the doctor started losing hope because uh, he was not able to recover his breathing and uh, he was more and more dependent on oxygen. So then it was decided that, okay, let's bring him back. He's going to leave his body, let him be in Mayapur, let him be peaceful, and let's bring him back. And um, mm-hmm. I was not willing to give up. Uh, when there was a doctor's conference and the things were going on, I told them that uh, we are not going to give up. We are going to fight for it. We are going to see that um, this disease or us, let's, let's, let's see it. And uh, we just changed the venue of fight. We changed it from Kolkata, we bring it back to Mayapur, and we'll fight here. And the first ever ICU in Mayapur was set up overnight for uh, Pankajangri Prabhu. Uh, We have a desire to name the ICU block in our new hospital after Pankajangri Prabhu because uh, he was the inspiration to set up the first ever ICU. Overnight we did oxygen lines, we did the manifolds and um, we had a whole monitoring team uh, Gambhir Prabhu, who is our manager in the hospital, he was in charge of uh, monitoring the oxygen and make sure making sure that there is 24 hours oxygen supply available for uh, Pankajangri Prabhu in big volume. We brought this uh, machine, a BiPAP machine, we brought it from uh, the Calcutta hospital. They actually loaned it to us. They said, okay, you keep it as long as you want. Then uh, two nurses, ICU nurses, specialist nurses, immediately flew from uh, Bhaktivedanta Hospital, Mumbai. The moment we told Bhaktivedanta Hospital, in Mumbai, we are going to set up ICU here, here for Pangajangri Prabhu. We need some assistance. We don't have ICU nurses. Overnight, they actually sent two nurses from Mumbai to here. And also, um, Ayurvedic doctor came from uh, Pune. And then uh, we hired uh, an ICU doctor uh, who had come, and uh, we were ready. So the ICU was set up. And uh, in the Senior Brahmacharya Ashram on the ground floor. And Pranjangli Prabhu was there. And of course, um, he came and uh, he was here. He was put in the room. Few days, he was there. And then when his time came, when Krishna decided that uh, he is going to go, then uh, he just took him off. So that was like a big jolt for the whole community. Of course. That uh, we lost such an important person. All of us were thinking that um, it would be a sight to see when the tube opens with the new, with the with this uh, palatial uh, deity room, and both the brothers they will be doing their arati, and all of us had that imagination that uh, they will be doing it. And uh, when Krishna took away one of them, it was a big emotional jolt for the whole community. Absolutely. And somehow or other, his question that when there will be a hospital here, and that question was uh, it looked like that was a question for Krishna and then Krishna started arranging so many different facilities and and uh, funding uh, then uh, we started seeing that there was a possibility for a new hospital of course we had it we had many donors um, the whole world came to support Mayapur the GBC uh, they raised funds uh, we got funds from Middle East we got funds from UK we got funds from Australia we got funds from uh, Kolkata. There was a f- uh, there was a foundation. Actually, we did a podcast, uh, not a podcast, a, a, a video interview with uh, SPT on the on the COVID situation in Mayapur. W-
1: what is SPT? Sorry,
0: uh, s- uh, Strategic Planning Team. Okay. So we we did a video interview with the ISCON Strategic Planning Team that they were doing they were running. Uh, Monthly video interviews at that time. Nice. And uh, we did a video interview and uh, somebody saw in Calcutta this video interview and then uh, they donated 20 lakhs. So, um, uh, so many, so much of support came from different parts of the world and then the hospital became or the, the possibility of a hospital, it started looking like a reality. Yes. Because uh, I already had about uh, one crore from GBC and then from miscellaneous donations, I had about... Half, look, half a crore and then uh, one big donor who has been consistently supporting a hospital, he gave us another crore. So I had some money and then, uh, then I thought I should just start the building and I should build a big hospital. The main idea at that time was to just build a ground floor facility which would have a lot of beds. So we were thinking, what if there is a third wave and what if it is worse than the second wave? so at least let us have some beds let's have a facility where we could actually treat devotees where we could actually put them and we could actually treat them so that was the main idea that uh, we'll just have a ground floor structure with a lot of beds and uh, places for uh, with oxygen oxygen pipeline and and yeah the ox- the whole oxygen uh, uh, system machinery oxygen machinery was donated from malaysia i think they paid about 35 lakhs uh, for the whole system so we were willing to go and then uh, I showed the first initial plan to my master plan, saying that this is what I want to build. I have about two and a half crores. I want to go with this. Then, of course, in the master plan, they asked me, anyway, you're going to build a structure. Why don't you plan to build a structure which is like higher and which is like a proper hospital instead of just building something emergency? So I said, it's okay. I'll plan for a good foundation, which will uh, which will Expand. take uh, at least three floors. And then uh, we could have a full fledged hospital. So then we went through a revision. Then uh, I made a plan for uh, ground plus three. And then when we actually saw the ground, we saw the ground was so low. So we had two options either to completely fill the ground for almost like two and a half meters, three meters, and then bring it up to speed or up to the level in the outside, or have a basement. So then I decided let's have a basement. That, uh, so that at car. least we can have uh, car parking because in West Bengal, uh, by government regulation, you can use the basement only for parking. You cannot use the basement for anything else. Correct. Because uh, in Kolkata, there were many fires, there are about four or five fires in the hospitals and all of them started from the basement. So generally, government is very allergic to basement in hospitals here. Correct. So they made a regulation that you can only park, but that's very valuable because parking space, it saves a lot of space. So we decided to go for basement, then we went for another design change, then we put basement there. So finally, the base, the 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 building was in shape. It is basement plus ground plus first plus second. So we have uh, we have the building, the basement is done now. Uh, the ground floor is done and the structure, the first floor structure is done and we're just moving with the second floor structure. Yes. So, when it I, will I, be completed, approximately? Uh, Krishna willing, if I get all the money I want, uh, our idea is to target the operation of the hospital by uh, the late next year, like um, twenty-four. Yeah, 24. December 24. August, September, August 24, September 24. Okay. So that we are thinking that two, three months will operate because uh, TOP is telling that they want to shift the date is by December 24. So if they are going to shift the date is by December 24, we should have an operating hospital much before that because this uh, GBC meeting and ILS meeting, we saw that our facility was overflowing, literally overflowing. We didn't have enough beds. People are coming. We were actually juggling beds with people. Uh, they were getting sick. They were not uh, so used to Mayapur climate. They were not so used to Mayapur food. They are not so used to Mayapur water. So they come here from various parts of the country. And or then the they world. become... Ah, the world. From world various parts of the world. They become ecstatic by seeing Mayapur prasad, And then they eat so much <laughs> prasad, And then they become sick. And... Okay, what's the next stop? Go to hospital. <laughs> so many devotees came. So many devotees came. So many GBCs came. Yes, yes, uh, yes. They were admitted. And uh, so many devotees came. They were admitted. Leaders were admitted. In fact, the current GBC chairman who is... Uh, um, our uh, Revati Raman Prabhu, Raman Prabhu, he yes. fell sick, so he came to hospital. He got admitted. <laughs> so uh, Ramay Maharaj had some some problem. He came and then he got uh, yes. some treatment. So many so many devotees came. So many devotees it's came. It's nice to have a facility. Yeah. You know, for so, treating the body. so therefore, you know, we need to have something. Now this this is going to be a big event. This is like a once in a lifetime event. That opening of T O P. You know, so. We are going to have so many visitors. So our idea is to hit some date, at least two three months before the opening of T.O.P. So that uh, we are able to operate the hospital. You know, go through the knickknacks. You know, all the teething trouble, fix it. Something leaks here. Something goes wrong there. Check everything and then be ready. Correct. So then devotees come, they just ecstatically attend the festival. And then, parikrama, uh, parikrama <laughs> no and then uh, they ecstatically fall sick, and then they ecstatically come to hospital, they ecstatically get treated, and then they go back. they go back, <laughs> recharge. <laughs> How many doctors are right at the present in so uh, at operating? Present, we have uh, resident uh, in Mayapur. We have about uh, six doctors at okay. present, and then uh, we have about four dentists. And then we have about six or seven visiting specialists who come in different intervals. We have about uh, eight nurses with us currently. So we have a good strength. We have a good team. Uh, we are
1: Equipment-wise, uh, like, uh, for example, somebody falls down, breaks his, his arms, or leg. We have x-ray machine or... Yeah Do we, we
0: have, have any facility like yeah, that? yeah we 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 have a, we have a state of art x-ray machine you take x-ray then immediately it appears on the computer screen it goes to the whatsapp it can be sent to any part of the world in minutes in seconds it can be sent to any part of the world anybody can uh, a good radiation a radiologist can they see they can diagnose we have a very good x-ray machine we have ultrasound machine uh, we can do ultrasound, um, we can see what is wrong. And we have a state-of-art ultrasound machine. It's like a latest G model machine we have. Nice. It's a good machine. And then we also have a CT scan machine. Um, CT scan. We have a CT scan machine here. Oh. And uh, we do free CT scan for everybody oh. because we got the CT scan machine uh, through CSR and um, uh, there was a company called um, indian railways finance corporation his is gopal krishna goswami maharaj yes. he has uh, contacts with that company and uh, he arranged for this uh, csr to be uh, for csr funding for this machine so of course we renovated the entire ground floor for uh, accommodating that machine of the existing building to accommodate that machine and they have given this machine free of cost to us it cost about 3 crores 3 crores is us Expand. dollars you know, whatever it is, you can can divide by 82. (laughs) It's it's just a lot of money. So uh, most of uh, the the CT requirements, 99% of CT requirements, except certain neurological requirement and cardiac requirement, 99% of the CT uh, requirement could be met with the CT scan. And more than uh, uh, 1,500 free CT scans have already been done. Average in a month, we are doing about 225 to 300 CD scans for free. Uh, we don't charge the patients anything. They come with a prescription. They show it to the reception. It's automatic. Uh, you, they see the reception. The, the the prescription sees the, the reception sees that there's a proper prescription from proper doctor. Then they just go there. They get the CD scan. They get a free report. And then that's it. Bang. So Done. Uh, it's very important because uh, these people... Uh, some of these people, especially in this area, they're very poor. They are uh, yes. daily agricultural labor. They yes. don't have any source of income Correct. properly. Uh, sometimes we write some tests for them. And then uh, they ask us how much this test would cost. We'll tell them, okay, this test would cost you 200 rupees. This test will cost you 300 rupees. And then, believe me, these people start thinking that because I, I don't, I I don't have money, money for yeah. this test. Then they say, okay, doctor, what can I do? I don't have money. Then we say, okay, you get your test done. You know, it's free for you. Go to get your test done. Nice. We have this principle that anybody who enters the hospital or premises, whether he has money or he does not have money, he has his right for getting treatment. That's wonderful. We don't refuse anybody treatment.
1: One very important question I want to ask you, because uh, I was in Kerala I saw a lot of foreign people coming for uh, this uh, Ayurvedic treatment they do panchagarma massage this that is there any plan in the future to also include this in the medical treatment for the body because many many in the body they they feel like their health is okay if they're getting old they want to clean the system, they get imbalance, get a proper diet, get a massage 21 days people spend a lot of money going South India doing this this uh, treatment I don't know whether it's their feature
0: in our hospital as well. So let me uh, let me speak about our plans for the healthcare yes uh, so it's not just a hospital we have plan for healthcare because hospital is just one cog in the wheel it's just uh, one cog in the wheel so uh, because i'm also in master plan so I, I also work on the master plan related stuff so the uh, healthcare infrastructure in mayapur currently we have 5 acres of land which is allocated in a very prime place where the existing hospital is there. In the back. In the back. We have right. five acres of land, nice. uh, which is overlooking Ganga, which is allocated for the hospital. Beautiful. So now what is going to come there in those five acres? So right now we have a very small hospital. Uh, we have an existing building, which we are expanding. We are upgrading. Yes. So that existing building will become an outpatient building. Okay. That will be... People come on a daily basis. People come on a daily basis. All the doctors will sit there. They will get checked and then they will go. Now, the new facility of uh, 100-bed multi speciality hospital which we are building, so that facility will become the inpatient facility. Anybody who wants admission, they'll be admitted there. So, what is going to be there in that facility? uh, There's going to be a 24-hour emergency and trauma center with an emergency operation theater. So... If someone comes for an emergency, then they need an operation. They don't go into the operation theater. Just There's no wastage of time. They just get operated there. Then immediately after the emergency is going to be a high dependency unit. This is like a step-down ICU, hmm. uh, which is meant for the emergency patients because they cannot stay in emergency. They move to high dependency unit. And then opposite to this in the ground floor itself, we have all sorts of diagnostics. We are, have, we are going to have X-ray, we are going to have CT scan, we are going to have ultrasound and we are going to have MRI machine. So all the imaging requirement is just going to be just next to the emergency and it's also easy it's on the ground floor. All the public, they can come and access there. And then in the ground floor, we also have an inpatient pharmacy. We have an inpatient phlebotomy. And then... What is phlebotomy? Phlebotomy means uh, a facility to draw blood and take... uh, Take tests. uh, The tests and uh, stool and urine urine and uh, all flum and all those things, you know. So, So, there's going to be an inpatient facility for collecting all the samples. Then there's going to be a huge reception where people can sit, they can wait, they can register themselves. Then there's going to be an insurance office which will deal with the insurances. Um, You know, somebody comes with an insurance card. They'll be able to get cashless treatment or they'll be able to uh, get reimbursement papers from their insurance, etc. There's going to be an insurance liaison office. And then there's going to be daycare facility in the ground floor, like uh, it's not for those people who will get admitted for more than 24 hours. Some people have to be admitted just for two hours, some people for six hours, some people for eight hours, some people morning to evening. So that's a daycare facility. There's a separate male daycare facility, separate female daycare facility. So this is going to be the facilities in ground floor. Other than this, there'll be public toilets, there'll be electrical room, IT hub room and all those back end stuff is all going to be in the ground floor. Then the first floor is going to be general ward. Like there's going to be male general ward. There's going to be female general ward. There's going to be some rooms, like, you know, somebody doesn't want to be in the general ward, they could be in their room. There's facility for somebody to be in uh, one person in one room or two people in one room. So there's some different facilities yeah, like all the of, in the world. Yeah, so some uh, facilities for uh, these things. And then in the first floor, we also have a maternity section. Uh, the maternity, maternity section for, is for children the mothers uh, for the children to be born. Uh, we have a maternity section in the first floor. So that is, and then we have a, a, a dialysis section in the first floor, which is meant for dialysis patients. Uh, they can come and get their dialysis done. So the second floor is going to be an operation theatre complex. We have four major, world-class, state-of-art. OTs, operation theaters, which are going to be modular OTs with proper infection control, laminar flow. Each operation theater is going to cost us about one and a half to two crores. So that's that kind of facility we are going to bring. And then there's going to be a big sterilization unit which is required for the whole hospital. Then there'll be the uh, ICU, uh, the ICU section the first floor. And then we have the labor ward where actually the women will give birth, a labor room, And then we also have adjacent to that uh, a neonatal ICU for small children, children who are born, neonatal ICU and the pediatric ICU. So this way, the um, uh, the 100-bed hospital is going to have all the facilities, 90% of facilities which is needed for the community. If the only thing what we cannot do, we cannot do neurosurgery, we cannot cut open the heart and then do an open heart surgery. Except these two things, we are going to be able to do most of the things uh, which is going to be there. Now, people always ask me that, okay, you're making a, such a nice facility. What about manpower? Are you going to get good doctors? Do you have good doctors? Um, so this is like, you know, always um, this is like chicken or eggs, Tony. Like chicken comes first <laughs> or one? egg comes first. So, whenever uh, there was no facility, people used to tell me, oh, there's no facility here. How doctors will come? You know, now facility is coming. People, oh, there's facility here. How doctors are going to come? Okay. So, now, um, now let me tell you, I have a very good um, news for everyone. Those who are listening to this podcast that uh, we're going to get some best of the doctors in the world. Uh, There's so many doctors who are writing from different parts of the world to be. They want to come. They want to come. They want to serve. Like... uh, one doctor from uh, Australia, he's already in touch with me for the past two years. He he is, a, he, he is, a, he is, he is born in Bengal. He's a local Bengali. And he has a degree in surgery from UK. And he has a degree from France. He has a degree from Australia. He has a degree from Ireland. And he is now a professor in Australia. Uh, and he's doing his surgery there. So he wants to shift to Mayapur and he wants to head the general surgical department. Nice. The moment the 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 hospital is ready so there's a, there's a doctor in uk who is a palliative care expert who is waiting to come here he's saying that the moment you set up a palliative care center i am ready to come here nice. so like that there are many doctors from different parts of the world who are already in touch with me and they are all eager to come and serve in my place. wonderful wonderful so now that leaves us with nurses that okay where are you going to get the nurses from so that's the question because the doctors are there but the real backbone of the hospital is, runs, is the nurses yes, who run the hospital yes. is the nurses we need very they. good nurses like uh, and even there like uh, I'm getting good response from all over the world different nurses from all over the world are willing to move uh, in, in another two months there's a nurse who is coming from Germany she's like a pediatric icu nurse she is wanting to move from germany there's a nurse who is coming from czech republic uh, yesterday i was speaking to her she's so enthusiastic she's saying I-, I want to come and i want to serve the hospital okay. so um, nurses also from different parts of the world are coming but we are also going to have a nursing school which is going nice. to be set up as part of the hospital so this nursing school is going to train all the local people who are actually who they can they can get trained and they can become proper qualified nurses nice. registered by government of India. Nice. So then we are going to have a endless supply of nurses uh, because once they get trained in in two years, then the, their entire practical training on the third year is in the hospital. So, we have going. we are going to have experienced nurses. We are going to have those nurses uh, who are getting trained. So, we are going to have a good supply of nurses. And we are going to also create a good opportunity for employment for these local people. Absolutely. So, there's also a social angle to it. Yes. Now, we know Bhakti purushottam Maharaj. He's doing tribal preaching. And yes. uh, he has 200 tribal schools deep inside forests, Patashalas. So, now our plan is to link ourselves with those tribal schools... So wherever he has tribal school, we want to actually open a primary health center. And we want to bring those tribals, put them in the nursing college, get them trained as nurses, as paramedics, and then send them back to those tribal areas and put them in those uh, primary health centers. Then bang. They over, can help over their few, own people there. Over a few years, we have taken education and medicine, both to the tribals. So we have uh, very good plans for future so this is, uh, and then we're also going to have a palliative care center. Because every year, even now, at least seven to eight devotees from all over the world call us and then tell us that, do you have a facility for us to leave the body? Yes. We are terminally sick. Yes. We want to be in the dham and we want to be surrounded by devotees and we want to leave the body. That's even true. recently, there was a Gaudiya Math who had actually come and uh, he was uh, he was ill beyond treatment. And recently, his uh, uh, fellow Shubhak Swami Maharaj he recommended him to come here to the hospital. He was there in the hospital. He left his body. Now there's a devotee from Russia who is coming. He is terminally ill and he wants to leave the body. And he wants to come and stay here and leave the body. So it keeps happening before that... Um, Mm-hmm. Brahmachari from Canada came. He's a proper disciple, book distributor. He was here for about eight, nine months. Then he got admitted because he came terminally ill. Then uh, he said, anyway, I'm going to die. Let me run around till I have strength in the body. <laughs> he was a very enthusiastic person. He was running around here and there. And then nice. finally, when he lost his strength, he came and he was in the hospital. He left his body. So this is this is a very, um, very um, standard thing. Like people want here, you come here and they want to leave their body. So we want to have an exclusive 10 bed, facility for, for them yeah. yes with the assistance That's and very people who are preaching to them yes you know people, people are who are there. who are with them reading Bhagavatam doing some Kirtan doing some Krishna katha. they are able to see the daily program of deities and if they take their bed to the to the terrace of the building one side they could see the T.O.P. chakra other side yes. they could and see Ganga right? nice. they know that you know I am going to see here and I am going to go there and then hopefully I'll leave my body and then go to Goloka. Go to so, you know, we need to make a whole facility for them to leave the body. Now what happens, we put these palliative care patients with the patient, regular patients, you know, it's, it's like a Rasabhas because yes. the guy wants to die and, and this yeah, guy, guy wants, wants to survive. To <laughs> <you know? laughs> and then this guy wants to have Kirtan throughout the night, this guy wants to sleep nicely. You know, he doesn't want to get disturbed. So some rasabas is there of when course. you try to put these kind of patients together. So we want to actually separate. We want to have a palliative care facility and then uh, you know, give them the space and give them the, the comfort yes. with which they can die nicely in Mayapur and hopefully they go back to spiritual world. Maybe they will take us also back to spiritual sure. world. Yeah. So anyway, so nice. palliative care facility. So then we're also working like um, uh, in Mayapur uh, until 2016, there was a proper disciple, Krishna Mataji, who is mm. like a midwife and there was... Yes. Uh, uh, also, uh, there were there were two three proper disciples who were actually midwives. I'm I'm sure you know Rama them. Ramadevi, Ramadevi Mataji was yes, there. Yes, of Krishna Lulia Mataji was there. They train a lot of girls. Yeah, they train a lot of girls. Uh, so now Krishnolale Mataji is back with us. Nice. So she is setting up a natural birthing center in uh, as part of our hospital. That's nice. So now we have birth, we have death, we have disease. So uh, what about the Ayurvedic treatment? I'm asking you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because some people that are really into Ayurveda, you know, they're very attractive, especially foreigner people. I'm going to answer your question because I wanted to go sequentially because this is also... I thought you forgot. (laughs) No, 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 no. I didn't forget. Okay, Okay, no problem. Sorry. So, you know, we are going to have birth, we are going to have disease and then we're going to have death. Okay. Now comes good health in between. Okay. There's birth, there's death, there's disease and then there's need for good health. Okay. Mostly, this is where Ayurveda comes. Uh, and day for yesterday, I was talking to one doctor. Uh, his name is Dr. Hari. Okay. And uh, he is an expert in Ayurveda. Okay. He had his basic training in uh, the Kwaimathur, Ayurveda, Arya, Ayurveda. Arya, yeah. And uh, he is now running his own setup uh, in Kerala. Oh,
1: uh,
0: nice. And uh, I had a long conversation with him he is very much interested in associating with us to set up a serious Ayurvedic center. He is a visiting professor in integrated medicine in various universities in North and South America. So, integrated medicine is the next big thing in medicine. Like previously, it used to be Ayurveda, it used to be allopathy. And then those who are allopathy champions, they used to fight with those who are Ayurveda champions. And then they used to fight with each other like cats and dogs say that Ayurveda is great, allopathy is great. Now there's no more fighting. The world has understood that let's we need together. to integrate everything. Good, 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 good. This is now the big branch. That the means they're not fanatic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is called integrated medicine. Yes. Like you have some strengths, I have some strengths. Why not together. come together, let's yeah. put it together and give the best service to the patient absolutely okay some things ayurveda can do some things allopathy can do yes. so what allopathy can do best take it allopathy what ayurveda can do best take it in ayurveda yes. so integrated medicine is going to be the future and it is going to be not only uh, uh, you know limited to allopathy and ayurveda naturopathy is going to come inside yoga is going to come inside yes. yoga is going to have a big uh, uh, it's going to have a big part in integrated medicine uh, especially the wellness part of it you know there, yes. there is uh, there's treatment and there is wellness, right? So the wellness part of it is going to be a lot of work, which is being is going to be done by uh, by Ayurveda, by yoga, and by naturopathy, etc. So I had a serious discussion with uh, Dr. Hari, and he is going to come during Ratri which is like few day, few weeks away, like 19th to 20th He's yes. going to be here yes. uh, on uh, 18th, and he's going to also see the Rat Jagannath Rath. I invited him. You come and pull the Jagannath Rath. You can go back to. Vaikuntha by just seeing Jagannath. And before going to Vaikuntha, make our Ayurvedic setup here, you know, so that we can have nice nice. Ayurvedic setup. So, uh, in master plan, there is a separate uh, allocation of land for Ayurveda. Um, So, we do have um, an idea that we need to have a very good Ayurvedic facility. So, uh, we have not zeroed in on which land we have. We are mostly thinking of Rajapur. Or we may be thinking of um, some site, something on the other side of Taranpur Road. We have few options. What we could work with. So, you don't think it would be better there within the five acres of the hospital
1: facility yeah. because everything is there. You know, I mean, if somebody gets sick, you know,
0: they they can access to all. Yeah, facility. but also many people who actually opt for Ayurveda, they're not sick people. Okay. Yeah. So the they need. They are coming there for uh, for wellness. Yeah. Wellness. You know, it's, it's it's see there are two requirements. One is that Ayurveda treats sickness, and Ayurveda also promotes wellness. Yes. So those who are inclined to come to us wellness, they are not so much inclined to enter a hospital premises. So the moment you say hospital, they think oh this is for sick people. Sure, Even we are actually separating the birthing center for the same reason. Yeah. That uh, giving birth. Is actually a natural, natural work for a woman. Yes. You know, it's a natural condition for a woman. It's not a condition of sickness. Absolutely. So they don't want to go to the hospital because they don't want to be with sick people. You know, yes. so that's why we are actually having a birthing center. So a similar concept, we are actually separating wellness from the hospital. So that's the idea that we are separating it. And um, uh, we were discussing that a twenty-five bed facility is a good facility to start with. Yes. A twenty-five bed facility with uh, various type of treatment rooms, various type of treatments. Um, We just need uh, three, four room treatment where they give you massage uh, and yoga.
1: About uh,
0: 10 male therapists, 10 female therapists, then male consulting doctors, female consulting doctors, and then um, uh, a good set of, uh, a good nice yoga hall where they could do yoga. So, and a yoga instructor, qualified yoga instructor. So, this is the combination we are we are looking to start with initially. Nice. So, this is the first initial combination we are looking to start with. And we are planning to hit the ground as early as in another two months. Wonderful. That's, that's uh, that quick we are looking. So, our idea is that the Ayurvedic facility should be parallelly ready along with the allopathic facility. So, when we open the hospital, the allopathic facility hospital by uh, by the third half or the, the third quarter of um, next year. We are also looking to see that if we can open the Ayurvedic facility, if we are not able to hit that for some reason, we may actually open it by end of next year. So that's what we are looking for. Of course, subject to funding, everything is subject to funding. Yes, but, of course. Uh, you know, Krishna's mercy, money seems to be coming. Uh, devotees, uh, we have not gone to devotees to ask for money. There's one private donor who is interested in donating a good sum of money for the hospital. And then uh, we are also looking for corporate social responsibility funding, like CSR funding. It's called corporate social responsibility. It's a mandatory legal program by the government where companies who make large profits, they are supposed to give 2% of their profits for um, the hospital for uh, social causes. So rural health care is one of the social cause which is recognized by government of India. So we are in the process of getting some good amount of money on from the corporate social sector. So we may get some money on the corporate social sector. We have two good uh, devotees who want to dedicate their Lakshmi for building hospital. so they have been one devotee has been supporting us for quite some time like uh, we have been getting his support from uh, almost 2018. He has been consistently donating to us. Every, in fact, every facility we have increased from 2018 is simply because of his donations. He has been. He first. He initially he gave us the first biggest donation to the hospital. Actually came from him. He was the one he gave us fifty lakhs in uh, I think in 2018 he gave us fifty lakhs, and uh, I was pleasantly surprised because. I was, till the time, I was actually running for 5,000 rupees and 10,000 rupees, like, a, you know, struggling to get some money here, some money there. It was like a hopeless condition. And he came and then uh, very, very simple person, very unassuming, very, very simple person. Uh, He doesn't want his name to be mentioned. He doesn't want uh, any sort of publicity. Very quietly, he has been donating a lot of money. Till now, he has donated about eight and a half crores for the hospital. Till now eight and a half crores, one person donated for the hospital and uh, whatever we have built, the existing facility, every penny, every 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 everything is from the money which he has given us, and uh, he is such a nice person. You know, he says that whenever I thank him, Prabhuji, you are doing such a nice service. Uh, you know, you are giving me so much money for the for the community for, to build the hospital. said, "No, no, no, no! Don't tell me that I am giving money. This is all Krishna mercy. This is all Krishna mercy. Krishna nice. is giving you money. Nice. I am yeah. not giving you money. Krishna is giving you money. It's uh, true. Very, very nice person. Very nice devotee. Uh, so he has been he has been rock solid support for us. Rock solid support. Prabhu. Nice. Uh, he is um, he is from um, he is partly from Dubai, partly from uh, Africa, partly from Canada. So he has business in all three places. So that's uh, so more or less the money for building the hospital, the first phase, the hundred bed hospital, the 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 birth center, and also the Ayurvedic facility. The total budget is about uh, um, about sixty to seventy crores. Uh, we think more or less that money will come absolutely you know, yeah. to through different places by Prabhupada's mercy, by Krishna's mercy by the desire of uh, devotees like Pangajangri Prabhu, his Holiness Jep Tagusayi Maharaj, who has always been meditating on how to get a hospital here. Absolutely. Gopal Krishna Maharaj has contributed substantially already through the CSR. Uh, and you know, his team in Delhi, they are still working with us and they are they are still seeing how, how they can get more money into the hospital. So, uh, devotees are very keen, devotees are very keen that... Uh, that this facility should be there. And Krishna seems to be thinking also, yes, yes, I'll give you the facility. So things are coming and things are happening. So where we are going to look for devotee support is um, uh, we are coming up with a very unique scheme. Uh, we're coming up with a scheme called uh, adopt your day of care okay. in the hospital. Okay. So um, we get devotees, we get dhamvasis who are very poor. Like one of the things which uh, people who really know the hospital uh, operations they are asking me is that, okay, you are building the hospital, you are getting money to build the hospital, you are getting people, but how are you going to take care of your Mountains. people? How yeah. are you going to maintain this facility? Because uh, you know these hospitals they are like white elephants. You know they are like yes. money guzzlers. Yes. Uh, they, they guzzle a lot of money. You know even if you if you have a basic facility. Still, it takes a lot of money in terms of electricity, in terms of uh, maintaining them, machinery, you know, maintenance of machineries, et cetera. Uh, so people maintenance who, of the doctor, where, of, doctors, of the nurses, doctors, and all the other easy. people. We are going to have about uh, 300 people. Right now, we are having about 70 people in our hospital. Uh, when I joined, uh, we had uh, 15 people. Yes. So, from 15, we've already gone to 70. And then, now from 70, we are going to move to 300. Nice. Uh, So, and then uh, maintaining the facilities, you know, having, giving salary for everybody, you know, and uh, maintaining these machines, etc. is a huge sum of money. Yes. And normally, in a village like this, people don't have paying facility. Like, uh, you know, the classic case during COVID, uh, a Muslim came and then we treated him somehow he had some money he paid for the treatment basic treatment he just paid for it okay and then his mother was also having covid and her saturation was around 55 so he thought that these people are good people at least they are they are very courteous to us they are treating us nicely other places you know during covid time it was so bad that uh, you know the, the doctors the nurses they would not even talk to patients they would not even touch them they would They're not scared. even They were so scared but our doctors, our nurses, they are so you know they are they are so merciful. compassionate, very nice and very merciful, and they treated all the patients so nicely. So this guy was thinking that at least my mother before dying she will actually have a, a good treatment. So he brought his mother, and then he admitted his mother to the hospital, uh, with uh, 55 saturation. And our doctors and nurses they just went on her, they gave her some treatment for us. You know, nobody is coming there to die unless they declare that you know I am coming to die. That's a different yeah, story. That's a different story. Then we know that this person is coming to die. We have to just help them to die. But if if a person is coming and for us that no one is coming here to die, so our doctors really fought with her and she, that lady, old lady. Let me tell you, she was also a fighter. And in the end, from fifty-five saturation. She walked out of the hospital and she got in the toto herself and then she went back.
1: <laughs> nice. Success
0: story. But in between, we already spent about one and a half to two lakhs. Of course. Now, this guy, he's a farm laborer. What he's going to do? Yes. He came and then he gave us a big bunch of banana. <laughs> and he gave us 2000 rupees. Nice. And then he said, this is what I have. This is what I have. It's nice. nice. I'll pray for you people five times a day to God and I will always remember you in the prayer. Now, That's a wonderful story. These are, the, these are the type of people we are dealing in day in and day out. And most of devotees here, they're so simple. They, they are dedicated their lives to proper service. They're, they're getting some basic maintenance from the temple. Um, they don't have uh, the luxury of paying huge amount of money for uh, hospital and treatment and things like that. So, even if we have to charge them to cover our cost, okay. they may not have time, they may not have the money, the money to, to pay. It. So, one way devotees around the world could head the hospital is to actually adopt their day in the hospital. Nice. So, it is not very expensive for an individual person who has little money, as low as $2,000 they can actually adopt a day in the hospital. All they are expected to do is that they have to set aside $2,000. If you calculate it for over a year, it's just little 5, five and a half dollars 5 per day. day yes. They just put a hundi. They just put 5 and a half dollars 5 a day. And in 365 the answer, days, yeah. they have $2,000 with them, which they could actually donate for the hospital. I'm sure that many of our listeners would like to do this <laughs> contribution
1: for Mayapur, CD, Mayapur Hospital, so Mayapur. It, it,
0: it, uh, it roughly works out to one and a half lakhs Indian yes, rupees. Um, and that's just, uh, even for Indians, you know, it's not like too much of money. It's just, you know, less than, uh, it's just little more than 10,000 rupees. Uh, it's about 12,000 rupees and odd a month. And it's not such a big money. Um, so... That's what we are looking for. We are looking for about 400 devotees who could actually give us $2,000. Um, so then we are more or less covered for the whole year. And then uh, we can get all our basic operational costs covered. So then anybody who walks in, we can take care of them. We can take care of them. We don't With have to law, get into not. tension. We can pay our doctors. Even our doctors, you know, most of our doctors, they have a missionary spirit. In India, if you're, an, if you're a doctor who has a, a secondary degree, a master's degree, then minimum amount of money you get paid is about two and a half lakhs per month. And if you're a very good doctor, you can make as much as, you know, five lakhs to 10 lakhs per month our doctors are really good and they are working for a very small sum a, a fraction of what they could get if, if they, they go, go and work if they go outside else. they are all young doctors they are not like you know those people who have retired they have made their money yeah. and they are coming and working here yeah. they are not like that they are young doctors Yes. Yes. Dr. Sukhachuda is in his late 30s. You know, he's just looking forward for his second child. Yes. You know, Swami is is again late 30s. He's just you know, he has two daughters. I think uh, maybe he'll have a third child. So you know, we are we are we are working with a very young team, yes. very young team. Wonderful. I am only, I am the only old monkey in the team. <laughs> Rest of them are all young. So uh, you know, we are we are working with a very young team, very dedicated team with missionary spirit they are not interested in making money but at the same time they have a family which needs to be taken care they have expenses which need to be taken care so we are already working with with a very low running cost but still that's why you know we are able to we are able to cover at least our calculation is that we'll be able to cover a day's cost in $2000 otherwise you know for a hospital like this a day's cost would be anywhere between $5000 to $6000 so, just because we are working on shoestring budgets, just because we are negotiating with our equipment very nicely, you know, every time we get a equipment, we make sure that it comes with five years free warranty. So, then five years, we don't have maintenance costs for the equipment. So, everything is carefully done to reduce the cost, the burden um, of the institution. So... Uh, that's what we are looking for from the devotees. That's what we are going to seek as assistance from devotees so that uh, anybody who walks in, we can actually give them a treatment. Uh, they only have to pay for medicine. And if there's some uh, operation or some uh, expert which is needed to come in, they p- they pay for the expert consultation and therefore the, some basic operational cost of these operation theatres, etc. Otherwise, you know, they get beds free, they get uh, consultation free, they get investigation free so that's our uh, that's our um, request that's what we're going to look for from uh, from devotees not a big ask uh, we are going to spend uh, uh, you know a, a substantial amount of money about uh, 60 70 crores in putting the facility and then we are just going to beg for one and a half lakhs From uh, each devotee. I'm I'm sure that Krishna
1: will send us enough money, Arun Prabhu, and we are sincerely uh, (laughs) working. You are working very hard. But let me jump now a little bit, and I would like to ask you, you know, because you are one of the divisional head and master plan involvement, tell us about your responsibility as one of the managers of Mayapur. Because this is a big subject. I mean, we don't see the manager. I mean, the common people see everything is going on beautiful, nice, is clean. Construction is going on. The DD looks beautiful. The garland is beautiful. Prashadam is fantastic. But as the manager of Mayapur, we don't want to go into detail, but how you manage Mayapur, let's see as a whole, because it just gives us a little Limps or idea. I was one of managing with you <laughs> for many, many years. But uh, I want to ask you because I've not been in management for many years now and I'm seeing that everything is going nicely and wonderfully. Of course, there are challenges. I'm not saying no. But as one of the manager, how you see your responsibility? How you see the
0: city growing? How you see you're, you're fully dedicated to this? So give us your vision about that. So generally, uh, we we understand good management is invisible management. You know, when the management is invisible and things are going on very nicely, then it's very good because uh, you don't see a heavy structure. Because no, normally in the material world, uh, the structure has to be so heavy. That's so why you know get big big titles. They get you know this director that is in you know, big big titles and, <laughs> and big big uh, things, but. Uh, you know, when, when people are dedicated to serve Prabhupada, then uh, things go very nicely. So, uh, over, I'll just give you some little brief of the overall structure. So, there's GBC, there's Bureau, and then uh, there is uh, Mayapur MEB, the Mayapur Executive Board, which is the visionary body which gives the vision. Uh, it, uh, it is a combination of GBC members and Bureau members with, uh, uh, with also the sitting um, uh, GBC chairman uh, being the ex-officio member of the MEB and then there are uh, five co-directors um, who are actually managing the entire show in mayapur his uh, onajapta kaswami his uh, grace radhachaitanya prabhu his uh, grace um, thapan mishra prabhu who is also a gbc who nice. just joined as co-director nice. his uh, grace rajavlahs prabhu he is quite famous all over the world as a QP man and then his grace subekshana prabhu he is uh, Uh, He's like a Mayapur man. He came as a young man in Mayapur. He's uh, educated in Gurukula, and uh, he has grown up in Mayapur. He's uh, an out-and-out Mayapur man. He knows Mayapur, the back of his hand. He has also seen Mayapur growing. So, uh, we have good, qualified co-directors in Mayapur who are actually driving the ship. Uh, These are the people who are driving the ship. (laughs) Uh, And then, there are the divisional heads who are actually the ground managers and these divisional heads, they have been steady. Many of them have been, you know, doing their operations for decades. You know, they have been sitting there. They know their job. They've been uh, they're, they're dedicated to their job. They have built this, these divisions ground up. So they know how these divisions work. So, there are preaching divisions like, you know, there is uh, Sanketan. There is Gita course. Uh, there is Namahatta. These are different preaching divisions which are flourishing. Uh, They have their own guest houses. They have their own kitchens and uh, they are also expanding. And then there are service divisions like central, like hospital, like CPD. And you see them also expanding very nicely under uh, the leadership of uh, our co-directors. Then there is the guest house division, which actually runs the guest house, which you were also there for some time and you're managing the guest houses. So the guest house division is now poised to actually expand heavily because naturally... This is going, the <laughs> demand for coming and staying in Mayapur yeah. is going to increase like anything with the opening of T O P. So there are many new guest house programs. Uh, guest house is being planned in uh, in the master plan. There's there's, uh, there's going to be uh, accommodation for, ultimately there's going to be accommodation for about 20,000 people every night. So huge expansion of guest houses, which is uh, being there. Huge expansion of prashadam halls. Like Sulab is going to expand into multifold. Uh, we already started distributing free prashad morning to evening. So that's going to expand multifold. Anadan is going to expand multifold. Um, Gita is looking for a big prashadam hall. Gita Kitchen prashadam hall is already designed. Um, Namahata is bursting, it seems. It's expanding like anything. They are going to come up with a huge prashadam hall and uh, huge guest house, etc. So a lot of things happening in Mayapur. So many projects getting approved. It's so exciting to be in this phase of Mayapur where... The the, the expansion is exploding in Mayapur. Wonderful. It's it's, uh, it's so nice to see it. So the different devotees, uh, the divisional heads, they're so dedicated in expanding their different areas. Uh, Now Mayapur is going to have huge amount of parks. There's going to be 100 acres of park, different types of park which are themed on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, on Prabhupada, in Vrindavan, on Navadip, on the Holy Name. So different themed parks are going to be there, nice. 100 acres of parks alone. And that is excluding the greenery, which is the interlacing greenery, which is about 50% of the development. So we are looking to 500 acres of development. So in 500 acres of development, we are actually looking for 250 acres of greenery. And out of the 250 acres of greenery, 100 acres of greenery is dedicated parks. parks. Nice. So we are going to have a wonderful development of a master plan in Mayapur. Yes. We have been consistently and continuously working on the master plan. We had one of the best architects in West Bengal who was actually, who also got the presidential award. Uh, uh, he is, the, the, the firm is called Salient. And they did a design for us which is a combined uh, mood of the rural and urban design. So, uh, they understood Prabhupada's uh, vision, they understood. They digested Prabhupada's vision. We had a lot of uh, meetings, advisory meetings, where they actually understood the mood of the place, they understood Prabhupada's vision. We actually enumerated the different vision points, what Prabhupada wanted for Mayapur. So then every vision point has been translated into land allocation in Mayapur, be it deity worship or education or uh, regional development or... Uh, uh, Sankirtan or all the different points which Prabhupada said, each of them have been translated into land allocation in Mayapur. And then, accordingly different lands have been allocated in different places and according to land allocation, the whole plan is as per Vastu, the roads are cardinal, the roads are straight, cardinal Vastu roads and uh, uh, nicely done. If you actually see the overview, the the uh, the bird's eye view of Mayapur master plan, uh, you will have a very beautiful view of how the whole thing is laid out with nice straight roads. what
1: is the time frame of this to happen because I mean one thing is uh, we put it on paper in our mind and we put it but in Italy they say at means between say something and doing something is a big gap ocean <laughs> no, I'm just asking in a practical way yeah
0: so uh, i i I am uh, I'm compelled to remember the the master plan presentation I made for the GBC yes, uh, a few years back, pre-COVID, I made one master plan presentation to GBC. And uh, the last slide in the master plan presentation was uh, a statement from Prabhupada. So Prabhupada was saying that um, in those days, Prabhupada was saying that uh, we, we are planning to have 200 acres of land and we are planning to have a magnificent project here. And when Lord Chaitanya desires, everything will manifest. Okay. So, now we have 500 acres of land. And, um, I could see that Lord Chaitanya desires that the 500 acres should manifest. Because, uh, I've been associated, not, not not so much like you, like you were know, Mayapur for so many years, so many decades, you know, like, I don't know, 30, 40, From 50, 79, I'm here. Yeah, from 79, <laughs> I was a nine-year-old boy at that time. <laughs> uh, so, uh, anyway,
1: so no, that's why I'm asking you. I've seen a lot of changes yeah, in 45 like, years.
0: So. Like you're like stalwarts. I think a lot of time went uh, in in the early Mayapur. You've seen early Mayapur, and you also seen Mayapur uh, to some extent not expanding so much um, for a long time, just being there. But now with the with with the opening of the TV coming nearer and nearer, becoming more and more reality it seems that uh, to me at least you know having the ringside view of what is happening to me at least it looks like that uh, Mahaprabhu really wants the city to manifest Absolutely. so uh, so I could see that um, uh, any, any endeavor it requires some money it requires some manpower it, it resources some resources this is what it requires so I could see these things flowing in
1: yeah, it's coming.
0: It's coming in from from different, uh, different, uh, from different 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 quarters. Things seems to be coming inside. Things seems to be falling in place. Uh, there was a time when we were actually approving projects and then thinking when these projects are going to come. You know, we're thinking like, you know, we approve some some projects and then we, we think that, oh, we approved it two years before nothing is moving. We approved it three years before nothing is moving. There was moving. a time where we're
1: getting 7,000 rupees every month to eat in my from Calcutta. The temple president was sending us money, because otherwise we cannot eat, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 I understand.
0: So, uh, of course, pandemic was a big... Yeah. Thing. Um, in some ways, it set us back uh, for a few years. Um, in some ways, it set us back. But in some ways, it has also given us the the breather, the yes. time which is yes. required for sure. us to uh, to put our to, to how to put it to get our act together. You know, fine something? tuning, fine tuning, and things like that. Yes. So uh, a lot of these two two three years of. Uh, um, of this pandemic time was utilized very nicely by the master plan team. A lot of credit goes to Nandan uh, to fine tune the, uh, he's our master plan office manager. So a lot of credit goes to him and Hrde Prabhu. They actually spent a lot of time trying to fine tune uh, the master plan. So uh, the things are in place. There's a lot of enthusiasm. The the project leaders are uh, now trying to put the projects on ground. Uh, we are uh, we are going to see the groundbreaking of some really big projects like uh, Gita Bhavan Kitchen is a huge project, uh, Bhakti Viksha Bhavan is a huge project, and then Vasulap uh, Kitchen uh, is a big project. Uh, Maya, the uh, um, Namahata House Antardip Bhavan, is a very big project. So these things are already ready to go on ground. Like Antardip Bhavan, we already uh, finished the structure design. The basic architectural design is over. We have finished the structured design for uh, the Bhakti and we are going to start the structured design and maybe in another one month it will get finished. So, unless uh, the there is Prabhupada got going on yeah, his construction is, is going on <laughs> for 15 crores project yes, is just moving nice. so a lot of energy is there a lot of positive energy is there a lot of uh, of course a lot of challenges are also there Mayapur okay. also faces it's a lot normal. of challenges it's Normal. Uh, that's part of uh, life I would say sure. but uh, as much as there are challenges there is also a lot of positivity there is a lot of positive energy it seems that Lord Chaitanya wants us to push forward and then do things so uh, I see a lot of projects going off ground immediately after this monsoon, which is normally the construction season, the start of construction yes, season in Mayapur. Yes. Uh, I see that by, by end of this year, at least uh, three or four major construction projects, uh, temple projects are going off ground uh, after this monsoon season uh, towards the end of this year. Um, I see that there's going to be big, uh, big, big push for... Uh, for big projects, which is going to come.
1: Nice. Arilip Prabhu, in the end of our interview, I would like to ask you, you know, on a very personal note, uh, because you are a mechanic engineer, you work for 20 years outside, and you are born in South India, where in Gita, mean, many devotees will come from South India. Kumbhakonam is a wonderful place. I've been there because I was involved with the making of the deity in Swami Malai. So what was the, touching point which changed the direction of your life from mechanic engineer, born in South India, Brahmin family, uh, educated. At one point, you must have uh, uh, met some devotee, got some books. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Tell us, well, what was the <laughs> point which connect you to Areg to Iscon? Because so, everybody has his own personal story. We don't know. So in this concluding note, I would like to ask you this personal
0: question. Yeah, I'll be brief Uh <laughs> Not that I have a big story, but um, I was in Dubai. I, I didn't go to Dubai to become a saintly person. I went there to make money. <laughs> <laughs> I went there to make money, but uh, somehow Lord Chaitanya, he decided to give his mercy to me in Dubai. And I met my shiksha Guru. He's Girshat Nagar Gorang Prabhu. He's now in Kaimatur. Uh, nice. I met him in Dubai. And uh, my mother tongue is Saurashtra, even though I come from Tamil Nadu. Mm-hmm. My, I, my mother tongue is Saurashtra. We are like a uh, small ethnic group of people in India who s- speak a very specific tongue. Uh, and that doesn't have any written letters also. So we are very small group. So uh, my guru, he's also from the same uh, community. So okay. um, I was very excited to see some community people in Dubai because I was thinking I'm going to some cow-eating country. I'm not going to get any of my community people, what is going to happen, etc., etc. But then I found to my surprise that there were good amount of people from my community. And I also met my... Sikshaguru there. And uh, in the same building, we had two families, which actually speak speaking the same dialect. But then he suggested that since two families are in this building, why don't I come in the weekends and then I read some Bhagavad Gita with all of you. I bring you nice prasad for you. You can eat and you can have party and then you can read Bhagavad Gita. Nice. That's how we started actually. Nice. We started it more like a social gathering, which actually, uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, the weekend in those days used to be Thursday, Friday because we're in a Muslim country. Yes. So Friday is the prayer day. So it was holiday. So, we used to actually read Bhagavad Gita on Thursday nights, eat nice prasad, which he brought for us, and then uh, chill out throughout the night, see a movie, and then, you know, uh, sleep, sleep late night, and then get up in the morning, very late, have Friday brunch. and you know, That's how our Krishna consciousness started. Start. But uh, slowly, slowly, you know, by Prabhupada's mercy, by Krishna's mercy, by the mercy of our Siksha Guru, uh, we got a little bit serious in Krishna consciousness and then we understood, oh, we are supposed to take a guru, we are supposed to take initiation and things like that. I used to joke with him saying that, oh, I don't know any guru, why don't you initiate me? <laughs> it's so easy for me. I can just get initiated and, you know, we used to have a nice laugh and then anyway, finally I met my spiritual master, his own Japataka I was so impressed with uh, how he was. He was not having stroke at that time. He, was, he used to be like a lion, you know, he used to walk like a lion, he used to <laughs> be like a lion and, you know, he had the big whompers and then he goes dong, 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 dong. And <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a, it's a sight to see. Uh, the first time I saw him speaking Bhagavad Gita, I was thinking, wow, this guy is an American, he's not even an Indian. And he knows God better than me. Yeah, <laughs> So, you know, so impressed with him. So anyway, we got initiated with him. and uh, But really our, our uh, change of heart, really change of heart came when we actually studied Prabhupada books very seriously. We were trying to do Bhakti Shastri and um, we're studying Isha upanishad And in Isha upanishad one of the purports, Prabhupada actually says, factually, we need not do anything but devotional service. So we had a big discussion in the class that, you know, that how is it possible we need to actually maintain ourselves, you know, we need to have maintain a family, we need money, we need, need these, we need that. What is this kind of statement that factually we need not, not do anything other than devotional service? Then uh, uh, our instructor, um, Sarvakin Prabhu, he actually asked me a question because I had a long argument with him that he asked me a question. Okay, you're working in Dubai, you're working for a certain company, If the king of Dubai, he tells you that uh, you resign from this company and then you come and work for me, what will you do? I said, man, what is this question? I just resign and then I just go and work for him. Why should I bother, you know? Then he said that you are ready to believe someone who is going to die, but you are not ready to believe Krishna that Krishna will maintain you if you actually work for Krishna. That was like thang. So I was thinking, oh yeah, this makes this man makes sense. It's, it's logical, you know. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. I, if I work for Krishna, Krishna will maintain me. What's the big deal? Sure. But then uh, also I thought that it's it's prudent to you know uh, it's better to take a calculated risk you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mechanic engineer.
0: <laughs> I'm a mechanical engineer. You know my, my mind works like an engineer so I thought okay let's take calculated risk let's not take too much risk yeah, e- each jump. person should actually understand his adhikar you know like sure. uh, you know I am not like uh, some mahabhagavata who could sit uh, under you know every night under each tree and then live my life with one kamcha. I need an AC room I need my house I need uh, some facilities so I thought okay let me at least save up you know me and my wife we we actually sat and then we made a whole list that what do we need to actually lead the rest of our life in a very simple manner in dham so we both came up with a list it was like a wish list then uh, we worked on that wish list and then we worked on a time frame We, we said okay Um, uh, from this time 5 to 6 years we should be off so anyway even before coming to Krishna consciousness even as a kid I always thought that I should retire at the age of 40 and then I should do what I want (laughs) make money till 40 and retire at 40 and then just do what you want you know like that was my that was my dream even when I was a kid but uh, when I came to Krishna consciousness Krishna actually made that happen I retired in 42 Uh, I and then I came here in 2012 I was 42 at that time um, so, that was like Prabhupada's book, actually, Ishopanishad. You know, that's why I love Ishopanishad. Ishopanishad changed my life. You know, like nice. When I studied Ishopanishad and when the classes are going on. So, that's why I'm so attached to teaching Shastra, you know, because teaching, studying Shastra in a systematic way changed my life. So, that's why I'm so attached to t- teaching Shastra. That's the other service I do, actually. I teach Shastra. I am, I'm part of Myapur Institute. I'm also part of some other... Uh, devotees groups who actually teach Shastra my wife actually has uh, she's also part of Mayapur Institute she's also part of Radhavan Institute uh, she also teaches Shastra and nice. uh, she also has many reading groups in Mayapur she does everyday one reading group in Mayapur like uh, she reads Prabhupada's books uh, with different types of uh, uh, age group like uh, she reads one two days she reads with uh, middle aged ladies of her age and then one day she has for varishtha Vaishnavis who are like very old she reads with them uh, that's today. When I came, she was reading with all those old ladies, and one day online. No, no, no. No, they, they do on a physical Maya. Yeah. Just people come to your house? Yeah, yeah, they come to the house nice. and then we read. And then one day she has for young girls, you know, all these young nice. girls, they come nice. and they read. one day. She has. And then she also has uh, two days of online class. You know, one day she reads with some families online. One day she is now, recently went to Malaysia and came back. So some some ladies in Malaysia, they won't actually read. Nice. So she has another online program for them. Uh, every Monday I read with men. Uh, all the men come and then uh, every Monday in, Ma- in Mayapur, uh, men in Mayapur, I don't go do online, uh, men in Mayapur, they come and we all sit and read one hour, seven to eight Prabhupada books. We are trying to read all small books of Prabhupada. So that's another thing, you know, that, to be in touch with Prabhupada's books, to read Prabhupada's books, to actually relish the bhakti and the purports, you know, you're happy. Then uh, that's that's my little life, you know, what whatever insignificant life I have lived, that's what it is. No, that's, that's wonderful. Somehow everybody has a
1: story and everybody has a connection. And that connection is divine because Krishna somehow sees when the limit is ready in the heart to accept him. then Krishna sends some devotees, some prasad, some, <laughs> some uh, yatra so we like to thank you very much, uh, Ariel Prabhu. I'm sure that people will, will like to contact you. I don't know if you want to send uh, leave your phone number or your email so people can contact you for in regarding to donation to, for the hospital, assistance. they want to help you in, in any possible way, how they can contact you.
0: Yeah, so um, my phone number, <clears throat> let me tell you, plus double six. Okay. I'll repeat again. Sure. Plus nine one, double nine, double three seven, zero, double six, double six. And this is also your WhatsApp number. So this is my phone number. is my WhatsApp number. This is my telegram number. So I'm on WhatsApp. I'm on telegram. I'm on normal phone. I'm on SMS. I'm on um, everything. um, (laughs) iMessages. So whatever you want to send, you can send me. Uh, you can contact me on this phone number. Um, my email is Harilila, H A R I L I L A, Harilila.jps, Jayapataka Swami, j-p-s at So, this is my email address. anybody could write to me on email. I'm also working on a good website um, for the hospital, and uh, eventually, in another uh, uh, few weeks, that should be ready. Uh, And then I'll try to publicize that um, web link also to others so that people could actually see whatever I said. It's all written there in the website and they could see progress photos. They could see, um, you know, statements of uh, the spending, how much we got, how much we spent, uh, how much we spent for what, how much we spent for treatment, how much we spent for project. They'll be able to see this treatment for spending. We are quite transparent in our uh, dealings with money. Um, So... Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share something about uh, this healthcare project. Uh, And I'd like to sign off with the same words which Prabhupada always wrote. Hope this meets you in good health. Thank you so much, Ariel, to be with us. I hope not to see you
1: in the hospital because we want to be healthy. <laughs> but uh, let us know if we can assist you in any possible
0: way. You're yeah, a mechanic
1: engineer. I'm yeah. also such engineer. a mechanic engineer.
0: strange project that you build it and you have a nice facility and you hope that it remains empty. <laughs>
1: no, but it's nice yeah. because a lot of people will need some assistance yes, for the future. Sure. We're all getting old. Thank you once again, Hare Krishna, and we appreciate your presence here and we appreciate uh, sharing with us all this wonderful uh, knowledge you have.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Whenever you come uh, to these listeners, to our listeners, whenever you come to Mayapur, you want to see the hospital facility, you're most welcome. You can come. I can give you a tour. Uh, I prefer to receive you as a guest, not as a patient. But if at all, if you have to be as a patient, then we are very happy to receive you as a patient also and then serve you uh, please come and you can see the facility, how it is coming up. Thank you very much, Ganga Prabhu. Thank, Thank, you. So Thank you so much. Sir. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Bohele Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna. Hare, Krishna. Hare, 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 Hare Hare Hare. Hare, 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 Hare cran- You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio
1: Mayapur.